Taking stock of our victory, I realised just how lucky we had been. We had escaped largely unscathed, with the exception of the captain, whose injuries, though grievous indeed, were not life-threatening. The doctor diagnosed him with a broken shoulder blade and a musket ball had torn through some muscles in his calf. He was sure to recover, but, as Dr. Livesey said, for weeks to come he must not walk or move his arm. So, though we had his guidance, which was exceptional, truthfully, our fighting force was yet even slighter. It was the next morning, after we had gotten a thorough rest in us all, that I'd thought of a plan most terrible, a folly possibly far worse than any I had yet tried. Uh, sirs, how many of the pirates do you suppose are left here, on the island, as compared to those still on the Hispaniola? Well, was it one, two, Arrow, you came from there. Answer the lad, please. It was but the one guard, so far as I was aware. I bested him and made my way off the ship. Why do you ask, Jim? Just trying to keep stock of who's left, sir. Ah, well, that's fine then. Now, a point I'd like to discuss with you all is going to find our potential ally, Mr. Ben Gunn. I believe that, if it continues as it seems, and we must indeed have a knockdown fight with these nefarious mutineers, he would be our best aid, for he knows the lay of the island better than anyone. Save for Silver himself, hmm? Oh, well... Why, yes, of course, he'll know it well. But Ben Gunn has been here these long three years now. He must certainly be more familiar, yes? Hmm, that is correct, yes. So what do you propose, Doctor? I think we are not in the best condition as of yet to go traipsing through the forest. I'll go. No, no, of course not. I will go myself and find him, lend him a friendly face and bring him back here. Begging your pardon, Doctor, but... Don't you think it's best that you stay here to aid the captain, if he needs it? Well, I'm sure it wouldn't take long for me to find him, and I'm sure that I... I believe Jim has proven himself more than capable, hasn't he, Livesey? Of course, yes, he has, but I still think it would be safer... Then let him go himself. He may have started this journey, but our mere cabin boy, but he's a strong man in the making now. I can do it, sir. Well, fine, all right... But be sure to take your pistol with you, hmm? We don't know what any of the buccaneers may be planning. Best to have some extra protection. Of course, sir. I'll be back as quick as possible. Be safe, Jim. Please. And so, I struck out into the forest again. In the pockets of my coat, I packed a few biscuits, so that if anything should befall me, I would at least prevent myself from starving. I then sneaked a dagger with me, along with my now-trusted pistol, and gave a silent prayer that I would find no reason to use either. I went through the forest for a ways before I came upon the shore again, and from there I was able to see the Hispaniola, the Jolly Roger still hanging from her peak. There was a boat alongside it, and I was just able to see one sailor aboard the ship, seemingly talking down to the boat. In that boat were a handful of mutineers as well as Silver, him I could always recognise. They communicated for a few moments before the boat struck back towards the island. I could see the sailor aboard the ship head below decks, and then I headed back into the forest. It was late afternoon then by the time I reached my destination, a small hollow where I could spy a little tent fashioned from goatskins. 
Dropping into the hollow, I lifted the side of the tent and there it was, Ben Gunn's little homemade boat. <laughs> it was extremely small, even for me, not even the size of a proper dinghy, and I doubted it could even float with the weight of a full-sized man. I dragged the thing out towards the shore, making sure to stop far enough into the trees that I could not be sighted by any passing boats. And so I sat and waited for nightfall, taking a few bites from my biscuit as I did so. Halt! Who goes there? I am armed. Who goes there? Reveal yourself. Jim! Jim! Is that you? It's Ben Gunn, it is! Ben, what are you doing? Ben Gunn could ask you the same. Taking my boat out, are you? Without so much as speaking with me, or even bothering to find me. I need it, Ben. I'm going to cut the Hispaniola loose. What? Why, you've no knowledge of how to steer this craft. So I must go with you. Ben, look at this boat. It stands no chance of supporting the both of us. If it can even keep me afloat myself. Well, I... I don't suppose you found any of that cheese we discussed, hmm? No, I, I don't. But I do have this half a biscuit here that you can have. Oh, oh, I'll take that, yes. Listen, Ben, if you head to that stockade that's around the island there, you'll find my companions there. They're waiting for you, and if you introduce yourself carefully, yes, so it's not too overhyze alarm... They'll take you in and treat you right. Ask for Mr. Trelawney, the squire, and he'll give you plenty of cheese. Hmm, okay. Ben Gunn'll do just that. And I'll tell him you're going out to the ship too. No, Ben. I'll be back soon enough. You needn't worry about that. Just head off now, and, and I'll head out to the ship, and we'll meet back at the stockade, yes? All right, old sailor. Well, that's Ben Gunn, that is. A good... Pious sailor, I am. Okay, let's push off then. The small boat handled worse on the water than I could have possibly predicted. It took far longer than I expected to make my way out to the hosser rope pulled taut by the anchor down in the seabed. I took my dagger and began to cut carefully through the thick rope, as I knew how dangerous it would be to cut the hosser when it was pulled tight. It would snap back at me and my little venture would be for naught. I cut gently until the Hispaniola was held in place by only one or two cords and waited, hoping for just a breath of the wind to tilt the ship towards me and loosen the cords so I could safely complete my mission. (laughs) Yeah, in a bottle of rum. I could hear the sailor aboard the ship then, and I held my breath, praying they would not peer over the side in my direction. For one man over crew I life, we'll put to sea with 75. At last, the breeze came, and I felt the hosser go slack again. With a good effort, I cut the last fibres through. The half still attached to the anchor sank down into the sea then. And in a moment of instinct, I grabbed hold of the half still attached to the ship. I pulled in hand over hand, lifting myself up along the side of the ship until I reached just below a deck cabin window. Peering in, I could see one of the mutineers. 
One I had met at the beginning of this all, by the name of Morgan, nodding off drunk at a table. And there, slumped in the corner, the body of another, I could only assume the casualty of Arrow's daring escape. Not spying anyone, I pulled myself aboard as quietly as possible and quickly made my way down to the cellar. Dozens of empty bottles rolled around, all the barrels were empty. I routed out some biscuit and a hunk of cheese and slipped these into my coat pockets before heading above deck again. You! What, what are you doing here? I'm unsure of what came over me then, but instead of responding, I headed straight to the main mast, dodging the boom as it lurched across the deck. You! Cabin boy! I'm talking to you. Me? Course you. We asked you a question. I've come aboard to take possession of this ship. <laughs> a whelp like you. So, so Morgan, you'll regard me as captain until further notice. And, by the by, I cannot abide these colours on my ship. And by your leave, I'll strike them. But a no flag than this. And again, dodging the boom as it swung, I ran to the colour lines, pulled down their cursed Jolly Roger, and hurled it overboard. God save the king, and there's an end to Captain Silver. Well, I reckon. I reckon, Captain Hawkins, you want to get ashore now, hmm? Yes, I would. Well, there's only myself and a man down below deck. A good islander, he was. But who? Having been dispatched by your good mate, Arrow, he's dead as bilge. So who's to sail the ship then? I don't see. But if you gives me food and drink and a proper pass at peace, I'll tell you how to sail her. I'll tell you one thing. I'm not going back to Captain Kidd's anchorage. I mean to get into North Inlet and beach quietly there. To be sure. Why am I ain't such an infernal lubber. I can see, can't I? I've lost, I have. And it's you who has the wind of me. North Inlet? Why, I haven't a choice. I'd help you sail her back to execution dock by thunder, I would. I'll grant you your peace, then. You turn us forward, and I'll get us situated. Aye, Captain. The wind served us well then, hauling us around the northeast corner and towards the north inlet. Only we had no anchor, and dared not beach the ship until the tide had flowed in a good deal farther. So we sat in silence over a meal of biscuits. The seer's an unlucky ship, Jim. There's a power of men been killed in this Hispaniola. A sight of poor sailors, dead and gone since you and me took from Bristol. The one down below was O'Brien, and he's dead, ain't he? Well, I'm no scholar, and uh, you're a lad as can read and figure, so do you take it a dead man is dead for good? Or do we come alive again? You can kill the body, Morgan, but not the spirit. But you must know that already. Spirits don't reckon for much, as I've seen. I'll chance it with spirits. And now, you've spoken up free, and I'll take it well if you step up into that cabin there and bring me a bottle of wine, Jim. Some wine? Far better than the rum or brandy. Would you rather red or white? 
Well, I reckon it's about the same to me. So long as it's strong and there'll be plenty of it. I'll get you that then. As thanks for your help in turning this ship straight. And as a show of trust in you that I have granted you your peace. Hmm? I thank you, Captain. Now please, wine. So I went down into the cabin and began to rummage around, searching for any bottle of wine that hadn't already been drained of its contents. <laughs> A task more difficult than I had predicted. For thirty years I've sailed the seas and seen good and bad, better and worse. Well, I tell you now, I never seen good come out of goodness yet. Morgan. What are you doing? You look here. I've had about enough of this foolery. Emma strikes first is my fancy. And dead men don't bite. Them's my views. She'll just take my orders now, Captain Hawkins. And we'll get our ship in order, hmm? Look here, Morgan. You've been busted. Now put the cutlass down, about face, and head back onto the ship. <laughs> Oh, well, like you. <laughs> you haven't the guts to fire on me, boy. I promise you, Morgan. One more step and I'll blow your brains out. <coughs> I warned you, Morgan. I did. Jim. I reckon... We reckon we're fouled, you and me. I'd have... I'd have had you. <laughs> but I don't have no luck. Not I. It'll be okay, Morgan. Fresh air. Just need some fresh air. I'm, I'm not sure Hush if... ye. Just fresh air. Just fresh air. Morgan stumbled onto the deck then, and I followed in pursuit, unsure of what to do. Shaken and cold, I didn't do much more than stand, frozen in shock, as Morgan dragged herself to the ship's railing. She turned to me with a sick, bloody grin, a morbid gaze that I will not soon forget. It struck me to my very soul. Be seeing you, Captain. With that, Morgan leaned precariously against the railing before toppling over, head first, into the dark water below. No! I scrambled to the railing, broken out of my shock, but it was too late. Morgan had gone, and I was left alone on a dead man's ship. Hello everybody, my name is James Wipert. I am the founder and executive producer of the Public Domain Players. I just wanted to jump in really quick before we get to the rest of the episode and say thank you for listening. And I also wanted to let you know where you can find us online if you are so inclined. You can find us on Twitter at Public Players. You can find us on Instagram at Public Domain Players. And if you'd like to support us online, you can do so at Patreon.com at Patreon.com slash Public Domain Players. 
If you're enjoying the show, we really appreciate it, and we ask that you do share it with your friends and family, as we do not pay to advertise, and that is the easiest way to spread word of the show around. And we are truly indebted to everybody who takes a moment to do that, and we thank you very, very much. Okay, this is our second to last episode, and things are getting very intense now, so I don't want to keep us away from the action for too long, so I will not. I will see you at the end of the episode with our full credits and cast, and I hope you enjoy the show. Thank you. I rapidly realized that I needed to take control of the Hispaniola before she lurched any further out into the open water. To this day, every moment of this particular instant is but a haze to me. Perhaps my time spent among the crew earlier on had rubbed off on me, or, more likely... Fate smiled heartily upon me. But whatever the cause may have been, I soon found myself at the helm of the Hispaniola, beaching it, with great effort, on the shore of the North Inlet. I was no sooner certain of this than I began to feel sick, faint and terrified. I clung with both hands to the wheel till my nails ached, and I shut my eyes in an attempt to cover the peril. The world swam around me. Furiously gulping down air, I secured the boom and mainsail before half stumbling, half falling over the side of the ship into the shallow water below. The sun was so within a few degrees of setting already that the shadow of the pines on the western shore was already reaching me. I steadied myself and began to walk. I had nothing nearer my fancy than to get home to the stockade. Possibly I might be blamed a bit for my truancy, But the recapture of the Hispaniola was a great victory, sure to cause even Captain Smollett to admit I had not lost my time. I stole round by the eastern end, keeping close in the shadows. As I drew nearer and finally crossed over the stockade, my heart was lightened by a noise I had previously complained of many times, my friends snoring together so loud and peaceful music to my ears. Why, they're keeping a bad watch. If Sylvie himself were creeping in, not a soul would know. All was dark within as I approached the door and walked steadily in, quiet as I could so to not disturb any of them from their sleep. Pieces of it! Pieces of it! Pieces of it! Who goes? Pieces of it! Pieces of it! Bring a torch round here. I froze in my tracks as a torch was lit and I saw the sleeping crowd I had worked my way into. The six remaining mutineers. Silver. Well, if it isn't Jimbo. Come in, then. What happened to Dr. Livesey? And the captain? (laughs) Shiver me timbers, it's Jim Hawkins. Just dropped in, eh? Well, I call that friendly. Stick that flame in the woodpile now, hmm? And rouse the rest. You needn't stand up for Mr. Hawkins. He'll excuse you. Well, Jim, I knew you were smart when first I set eyes on you. But this here gets away from me clean it do. What'll we do with him, huh? You'll do nothing to him, I says. Now, you see, Jim, I'll give you a piece of my mind. I've always liked you, I have, for a picture of my own self when I was young. 
I always wanted you to join and take your share and die a true gentleman, and now, why, you've got to. Captain Smollett's a fine seaman, but stiff on discipline he is. Duty is duty, he says, and right he is. The doctor has been worried right sickly about you, he has, while your squire friend seems to have turned dead against you. Ungrateful scamp is what he called you, hmm? So they're alive then? Yes, yes. Now, I don't say nothing as to your being in our hands, though there you are. So, if you like the service, well, you'll join up. And if you don't, Jim, you're free to answer no. Free and welcome. Am I to answer then? Lad, no one's pressing you. Find your barons. None of us won't hurry you. If I'm to choose, then I declare I have a right to know what's what. Why you're here and where are my friends? What's what? You be a lucky one to know that. You'll batten down your hatches lesson you're spoke to, friend. <clears throat> well, yesterday morning, your Dr. Livesey come down with a flag of truce. Ship's gone, he says. Now, we may have taken a glass, I won't lie, so we hadn't looked out. But we looked then, and by thunder, the ship was gone. Well, says the doctor, let's bargain. So we bargained, we did. And lest you should take it into that head of yours that you was in our treaty, I asked him, how many are you to leave? I says, and he tells me four, and one of us is wounded, he says, and that your squire friend didn't care much for you, and didn't care if you got left behind. So we're here in this right cozy place, and as for them, they've tramped. I don't know where's they are now. Is that all? Well, it's all you'll hear, son. So, now I am to choose my side? Right. Now you are to choose. Well, I am not such a fool, but I know pretty well what I have to look for. Let the worst come to the worst, little that I care. I've seen too many die since I fell in with you. But there's a thing or two I have to tell you. And that is this. Here you are, in a bad way. Ship lost. Treasure lost. Your men lost. It was I. I was in the apple barrel that night you laid out your plans. And I heard you, and Israel Hands, and Morgan, who is now lying at the bottom of the sea, tell every word of it all. And as for the ship, it was I who cut the cable. And I who killed the ones aboard. And I who brought her where you'll never more see her. I no more fear you than I fear a fly. So kill me, if you please. Or spare me. But one thing I'll say and then no more. If you spare me, bygones are bygones. And when you're all in court for piracy, I'll save you all I can. Kill another and do yourselves no good. Or spare me, and keep a witness to save you from the gallows. So now, Mr. Silver, I believe you're the best man here. And I'll take it kind of you to let the doctor know the way I took it. I'll bear it in mind. 
It was him that knowed black dog. See here, it was this same boy that faked the chart from Billy Bones by thunder. I'll strike him down myself. A vaster. So who are you, Tom Stevenson? Maybe you thought you was captain here, perhaps. But I'll teach you better. Cross me and you'll go where many a good man's gone before you. Some to the yard arm, some by the board, but all to the fishes. There's ne'er a man who looked me between the eyes and seen a good day afterwards. You may lay to that. He's right. I stood hazing long enough. I'll be hanged if I'll be hazed you, John Silver. Do any of you want to have it out with me? Him that wants shall get. You're all gentlemen of fortune by your account, so grab a cutlass him that dares, and I'll see the color of your insides. So that's your sort, is it? Well, you're a sorry lot to look at. I'm captain here by election. I'm captain here because I'm the best man by a sea mile. If and you won't fight as gentlemen of fortune should, then you'll obey and later that. I like this boy here now, and he's more a man than any of you rats in this house. So raise hands then if any of you would lay a hand on him. That's what I say. You may lay to it. Begging your pardon, sir, but according to the ship's rules, the crew is allowed to forecastle council together. And by your own rules, I take it we can talk together. So we claim all right, and we'll be stepping out for a council. According to rules, sir. Right then. Out with ye, and only come back in when you've got a proper word to give me. Now look here, Jim Hawkins. You're within half a plank of death. They're going to throw me off. But you mark, I'll stand by you thick and thin. I sees use the right sort, and I says to myself, you stand by Hawkins, John, and Hawkins will stand by you. You're his last card, and by the living thunder, John, he's yours. Back to back, says I. You mean all's lost? Aye, by thunder I do. Ship gone, crew gone, that's the size of it. Soon's I looked into that bay and saw no ship, well, I'm tough, but I gave out. As for that lad and their counsel, they're not but fools and cowards. I'll save your life if so be as I can, but see here, Jim, you save old Long John from swinging at the gallows. What I can do, that I'll do. Ha! It's a bargain. By thunder I've a chance. Now understand me, Jim, I'm on the squire's side now. I know you've got that ship safe somewheres. How you done it, I don't know. I ask no questions, nor I won't let others. And I know when a game's up, I do. And Jim, talking of trouble, why did that doctor give me the chart of the island, hmm? He what? He what? Aye, he did. There's something under that, surely, Jim, be it bad or good. Ah, here they come. Come, lads, come in. Step up, lads. I won't eat you. Just hand it over. I know the rules. Here you go, Captain Silver. We've decided. The black spot. I thought so. This crew has tipped you the spot in full council. 
As duty-bound we is. Well, thank you. You always was brisk for business. You'll be captain next, I shouldn't wonder. Come now. You don't fool this crew no more. You're over now. So step down off that barrel. I thought she said you know the rules. If you don't, I do. So I'm still your captain till you outs with your grievances and I reply. Oh, we're all square we are. You've made a hash of this cruise. And you let the enemy out of this trap for nothing. Why they want it out, I don't know. But you wouldn't let us at them as they marched. We see through you, John Silver. We do. Is that all? Enough, too. We'll all swing in the sun for your bungling. Now look here. You all know that if things had been done the way I wanted, every man of us would be alive. But who crossed me? Who forced my hand? Who tipped me a black spot the day we landed here? And the rest? That's a nice lot. But by gum, if you could see how bad this all's been bungled, you'd understand. But as for the rest, why, I made a bargain. And you came crawling to me on your knees to make it, mind you. And you look here, this parchment here. Look here. Here's your explanation for it all. Why, that's Flint, sure enough. Mighty pretty. But how are we to get away with it with no ship? Well, you lost the ship. I found the treasure. Who's the better man at that? So now I resign as captain by thunder. Elect whom you please. I'm done with it. Silver! Silver is captain forever! Ha, so that's the tune, is it? Fine, then. Your captain, I shall stay. Who goes? Well, it's me. The good Dr. Livesey, please. Oh, let him in, let him in. All are doing well, thanks to your help, sir. Oh, well, and Mary. Oh, and we've got a surprise for you two, sir. We've a little stranger here. Come on out, huh? Hi, Doctor. That's... That's not Jim. The very same Jim as ever was. You're alive? But how? What did... How? Well, it's actually a bit of a long story. We'll, we'll get to that in time, yes. But more importantly, he's here fine and well. Yes, of course, of course. Jim, may we step out for a word, please? Hawkins, will you give me your word and honor as a gentleman to not give the slip to us? Aye, sir. Then, Doctor, you just step outside of that stockade and I'll bring the boy down on the inside and you can speak through it, hmm? Yes, I suppose that will work. Good day to you then, sir. And all our best to the squire, to Arrow, and to Captain Smollett. Dr. Livesey stepped outside then, and I followed shortly behind. The sun was rising now, lighting the island over the trees. I met the doctor at the stockade, and Silver stood a good measure away, just out of earshot. So, Jim, here you are. Heaven knows I cannot find it in my heart to blame you, but both the captain and Mr. Trelawney believe you to be downright cowardly. Doctor, you might spare me. I've blamed myself enough, and I'd be dead if Silver hadn't stood for me. What? Dead? Jim, I can't have this. Whip over and we'll run for it. Sir... I gave my word. We can't help that, Jim. I'll take the blame on my shoulders, but I cannot let you stay. One jump and we'll run for it like antelopes. No, Doctor. You know right you wouldn't do the thing yourself. Silver trusted me. 
and I gave my word. So back I go. But Doctor, you didn't let me finish. I've got the ship hidden away ready for us. The ship! <gasps> Shh! Don't let them hear. Of course. But the ship! Every step it's you that saves our lives. You found out the plot. You found Ben Gunn. Oh, and talking of Ben Gunn, he came and found us and he made sure of... Silver! I'll give you a piece of advice. Don't be in any hurry after that treasure. Why, sir, I can only save my life and the boys by seeking that treasure, and you may lay to that. Why, if that is so, then I'll go one further. Look out for squalls when you find it. Sir, that's too much and too little. What you're after, why you giving me the chart, why, I don't know that now, do I? If you won't tell me plain what you mean, just say so. No, I've no right to say more. It's not my secret to share. I give you my word. But I'll go with you, and if we both get out of this trap alive, I'll do my best to save you. And I have one further piece of advice. Keep Jim close beside you. Now, Jim, I must go. Goodbye. Dr. Livesey shook my hand through the stockade, and, with a nod, took off at a brisk pace into the woods. Here, Jim. If I saved your life, you saved mine. I saw the doctor telling you to run, and I seen you say no. So now you and me must stick together close, back to back like, and we'll save our necks in spite of fate and fortune. Oi, sir. And I'll stand by your side. Good lad. Right then, men. Pile out. I got what I wanted, I did. They have the ship. Where they have it, I don't yet know, but once we hit the treasure, we'll find out. But now, let's off for that treasure. For the treasure, lads! Hi, everybody. James here again. Thank you for listening to this episode of Treasure Island. Treasure Island was adapted from the original novel by Robert Louis Stevenson. This episode was written and directed by myself, James Wipert. It was produced by me and David Coonan. The cast of this episode in order of appearance is as follows. Larry Oblander as Adult Jim. Kira McFarland as Young Jim. Conrad Bear as Captain Smollett. Caroline Hertz as Arrow. Tiffany Renee Bear as Dr. Livesey. Michael Curry as Squire Trelawney. Cormac Joyce as Ben Gunn. Evelyn Dumont as Morgan. Jerry Schultz as Long John Silver. William Barreto as Pirate One. Michelle Stahl as Pirate Five. Tim Simpson as Pirate Four. You can learn more about the cast in the episode notes of the show, including their various social media profiles, websites, and things like that, so you can see different projects that they may be working on as well. You can find us online in a few different places. You can find us on Twitter at Public Players. You can find us on Instagram at Public Domain Players. And you can find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash public domain players. If you'd like to support us there, it would truly be a huge help. We have different levels starting from $1 going up to various amounts. We've got all kinds of cool rewards. You get early access to episodes. You get script downloads for each episode. You get behind-the-scenes sneak peeks. You get early announcements of future projects. 
all kinds of things. We would truly appreciate it if you were able to do that. We understand it's a difficult time right now, so we know not everyone can. If you can't, we ask that you just please share the show with your friends and family. We don't pay to advertise at all, so we are spread around solely on goodwill and word of mouth, and we would really appreciate it if you took the moment to say, hey, here's a really cool thing, I think you should listen to it. The Public Domain Player's logo, as well as the Treasure Island logo, were both designed by Bad Otter Design House. You can find them on Instagram at bad.otter and go to them for all of your graphic design needs. That is about it for this episode. We will see you in two weeks with our final episode of Treasure Island, episode 8. And we hope to see you there. And one more time, thank you very much for supporting the show. Bye.